name. How many of you guys absolutely loved last week? This hand is raised for that. Uh, felt such a sense of freedom after being deliberate about uh, writing down someone uh, that has made me struggle when it comes to authority in my life and someone that has been, you know, a, a stumbling block, I think, to my growth. So for me, being able to therapeutically, Drew, thank you for that, brother, uh, to, to rip that up. And, and then I came in here and just watched the whole floor, you know, looked at it as it was, it was littered with, I feel, forgiveness. It was littered with wholeness, with health. And, 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 and it, was, it looked almost like ashes from burnt ships, didn't it? You know, because that's what we've done. You know, we're not going back. So I'm so excited for the word that, that God gave you, Drew, but also the words that he's given us as a church that he's challenging us to, to, to see the future and that he's challenging us to trust him with it and allow him to sustain it, all right? So God-sized dreams, God-sized provisions. Does that sound good to you guys? And today we're talking about probably one of the most important things I feel to our faith, and it's an old school word that we've used a lot growing up. Remember that word evangelism? Anybody remember that? Do you remember? Whoa, somebody got some quivers over there. That was exciting. All right. You remember grow, growing up maybe in church, it's like, are you coming to evangelism class? Are you going to be with me in evangelism class? How many had evangelism classes? Okay. I see hands. See, I'm not crazy. Okay. All right. And, uh, you know, thinking about this term evangelism, a lot of times we think this is something that's archaic and that it doesn't work the same as it used to. And, and, and it's not something that's applicable to us today. Well, I tell you, coming off the understanding of God's authority in our lives and understanding what the Lord has placed in my heart as the most secondly important thing we can focus on as a church, that is reaching the lost. You can call it whatever you want, meaning evangelism, missional living, you know, whatever you want, but you got to put an accent on it. You can call it whatever you want, but are we reaching out to people? And I think it's kind of funny and crazy um, with today's weather that we had that there's a lot of folks at home um, that, that are having to make this applicable at home. And I think for us, thinking about this, that is the starting place, and we'll see from our house to our work to our schools and all that, that this is something that God wants to do. And he's, he's drawing those concentric circles in your life and challenging you to reach one circle, reach the next circle, reach the next circle, and reach the next circle. So we believe that God, he wants to sustain us, the Foundry Church, by challenging each and every one of you to be living letters of him, okay? People sent out into your home, work, and everything. So today's title, I think this is pretty fun. Today's title is Jesus Has Left the Building, all right? You may already think back, uh, and we have him actually sitting up front today, Elvis. Just kidding, it's Brian. But you may remember that saying from Elvis has left the building. Do you remember that back in the day or growing up? It's been a catchphrase in America forever now because Elvis was, that's actually more of you, Matt. Okay, um, he's going to be doing Jailhouse Rock later. It's going to be really good, blue suede. Hold on, Matt, come here for just a second. You have to. I am dead serious. <laughs> Are these blue suede shoes? Come here. Come here. Come here. We did not plan this, okay? But these, they're cloth. Okay, you can go sit down. I'm just kidding. But he's going to be doing blue suede shoes. No. But, you know, you think back, and, and, and this is a term for us. Elvis has left the building. Well, why did they say that? Because Elvis was amazing. He was this tremendous performer uh, that, that all of the ladies obviously loved, but everybody loved Elvis. You couldn't go wrong with loving Elvis back in the day because he was amazing. He was someone that changed culture with his music and everything that he did in his movies and all that kind of stuff. But when Elvis left the building, 
It was time for everybody else to go to. They knew that there was not going to be any encore performances, that he wasn't coming back out to do it one more time. He wasn't going to say anything else. Elvis has left the building. I beg to say, church, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, Jesus has left the building? See, I feel like God's desire for us as the Foundry Church is not to just put it all on Sunday. And we put so much weight on Sunday, and we can tell today with this weather that anything can change at any time, and it ain't all about us just gathering here. This is important. Don't forsake the gathering. However, Jesus should leave the building after church on Sunday. What does that mean? See, I have this this crazy idea and thought as I look in Scripture that I see Jesus in places that, 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 that we, we need to be at, places that we need to go, places and around people that we need to minister to. But so often we leave it to the synagogue. Yes, he, he worked in the synagogue. Jesus spoke in the synagogue and he did that. But today we're going to go to a place where he was outside of the church. We're going to look at a portion of Scripture where he was not in the synagogue. He was not in the church building. And it's all based out of how Jesus put an end cap on his life and what he challenged us with. And you may have heard this before. It's called the Great Commission. And for us, it's the second part of of who we are as a church. Love God, love people. It's about us loving people. And Jesus put it on hearts way back when for us to carry on our hearts today. And this is what he said. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. They were being obedient. When they saw him there, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Remember, this was after death, resurrection, all of that. Then Jesus came to them and said, we talked about this last week, all authority, all authority, say authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, I've just made a statement that is factual. Okay, I made a statement that is factual, gentlemen. Okay, ladies, gentlemen here in this room today, this is a factual statement. Therefore, I'm going to tell you something that you have to do with it. He says, therefore, go and make disciples. You hear this before. You've heard it before many times. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's what we do here in this space pretty often. And teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Not just, you know, leading them to him, not just baptizing them, but also teaching them how to obey him, how to walk like him, talk like him, follow him. And he says, and surely, I love this, I am with you. Say with you. So important for us to hear and understand today that inside of the great commission, the great co-mission, Something we get to do with Jesus is something that he will always be in us and around us and with us together in every step of the way. I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, I get this visual when I see this great commission. When I hear about this great commission that Drew, come here, bud. All right. So not now. I won't call you back. I promise you. Okay. so, oh, green suede shoes. It's this is awkward. The challenge for just for you. Um, The visual that I have is that we're in church on Sunday together, us and Jesus. Hey, Jesus. (laughs) All right. And um, welcome. (laughs) You've arrived. 
<laughs> but I get this picture for us, Drew, is that, that we have this opportunity. Jeremy, stand up over there if you don't mind, brother. That this opportunity as a body of believers that we do meet and greet and we spend time together with each other on Sunday, but it goes way beyond this and we get this feeling in our hearts and minds that, that God wants to do something amazing through us. And he says, look, I'm going to challenge you with something, okay? I'm going to send Jesus out of the church. He's still in the building, I know. I just couldn't get him outside. Over to people and over to situations, and we'll talk about this more, where they are needed most. And he says, I will go with you. So here's Jesus over here with Jeremy, okay? And then here I am as a Christ follower, and my desire and my need and the necessity that I have in life is that with the Holy Spirit in me, I'm going to where Jesus is so that I can actually be the hands and feet to Jeremy. Jesus is leading the way. The Holy Spirit's in me, but I have to go because I need to be there for you, right? Come on. You see what I'm saying? Thank you, guys. So we see this visual and understanding that Jesus has left the building. But we sit here lamenting and crying out, Oh, Jesus! Come! You ever been to those pastors? Oh, those are great. And, oh, I'm like, how do you cry so much on command? I can barely burp on command, okay? And you can get all this emotion? We're supposed to go. And when we go to Jeremy and Jesus has already met us there, he's going to come back with us and celebrate what Jesus did through Justin, Holy Spirit inside. Isn't that simple? But yet it just doesn't happen in the body of believers because what we struggle with, folks, is consumerism. We struggle with, let me show up Sunday and Matt, can you play that latest Bethel for me? Oh, I would love it. Can you play? There's a new one. Can I put it on request? You know, and pastor, can you preach on, I really want to hear something like this, you know? And we get that consumer mentality that I'm coming here just to receive. The only thing I'm coming here to do is recharge and follow Jesus up out of this place. Because Jesus has left the building. He's not meant to stay in the synagogue. He's not meant to stay in the church. He's meant to go to people where we're needed. We'll get into that in just a second. So we understand this great commission something we get to do with Jesus, understanding that his strength and power through his Holy Spirit is within us. So let's look at a real-life example. Luke 5, 17 through 32. You'll see it on your screen. And this is a real-life example. When we find Jesus outside of the synagogue in a place where he is supposed to be challenging people to be with him. Jesus heals a paralyzed man. You may see that as a title in your Bible. Verse 17 one day Jesus was teaching, and a lot of times we'd assume he would be teaching in the church, but this day was different. And Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. Remember, these are the folks that were, were trying to guard all of the history of Judaism and trying to uphold the laws and trying to perpetuate Judaism beyond that very day. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. All of these folks were coming around just to hear Jesus speak, regardless if he was in the synagogue or in a house like he was today, okay? So we see the religious folk there, but also some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. The house was packed because Jesus was in the building. However, these folks with a real need, a paralyzed friend, could not get Jesus inside because the place 
was packed. You may remember this from Sunday school if you grew up in Sunday school and maybe some flannel graph. Anybody remember that kind of stuff where the paralytic was up on the board, okay, and he's peeling back. The friends are peeling back the roof now because they know that this man, Jesus, can heal their friend. They came carrying this paralyzed man, and when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. The audacity. Can you imagine that? All of a sudden we start hearing somebody beating on the roof, and they lower somebody in. They say, this person needs to be healed today. You are going to heal them today because we believe you can. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Okay, run it back. Hold on, hold on. Jesus, homeboy, friend, okay? We lowered him through the ceiling because we want you to heal him. Why are you forgiving his sins? Slightly confused, fought through the crowd through this, for this, Jesus, what? Because what is this forgiveness of sins thing compared to the healing that is needed in their body? Keep that in your mind, okay? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Can you picture them saying that? Who can forgive sins but God alone? I love this. This is a JesusJuke.com. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, can you imagine you're standing there with somebody and they start saying what you're thinking? I'd be like, oh gosh, what did I just think about? What am I thinking about? He's like, why are you saying what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Why are you saying what you're thinking about? You're thinking about what you're going to say, aren't you? I can read what you're saying. Oh, stop, Jesus! You ever picture that? Why are you thinking these things in your heart? He says, I know it's here, but we're really talking about this, religious leaders and Pharisees. Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Let me ask you this. Which is easier, easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? Religious leaders, what's easier? You've seen me heal people like crazy. I do that for fun, just for kicks and giggles. People touch my cloak and they get healed, okay? But which is easier, dear friends, teachers of the law, keepers of the code? Which is easier, to heal or to forgive of something far greater called sin? Why are you thinking these things? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Picture this with me. Jesus, again, making a statement to these religious leaders, saying, which is easier? And then still go has, go, go, went ahead and seals the deal with the healing of this gentleman who probably laid on that mat for years and years and years. And here comes Jesus coming along and say, hey, buddy, go ahead and roll that sleeping bag up. You're going to walk up out of this place today. But guess what? I did something greater. I forgave your sin. People, we did something greater here today. We forgave sin. I forgave sin through the authority that God has given to me. Immediately, he stood up in front of them and went out praising. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Can you imagine being in that house, being in that room, and watching Jesus obviously take the religious leaders 
to school, but then also to heal this man that they'd known, had known for years to be paralyzed. We have seen remarkable things today. After this, verse 27, this is connected. After this, after what? All that we just witnessed and talked about, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. And I love this. You know, I'm sure Levi was sitting out. I don't know how close in proximity he was to the house, but his job was a tax collector to receive the money from his people and pay the dues where they were supposed to go. His job was to be crooked. His job was to be hated now because being a tax collector. And we see Jesus, after coming out of this house, look over and see Levi sitting there doing his job. And I wonder if it was when Jesus locked eyes with Levi and Levi looked back at him and was just like, you're it. You're my purpose. You're my desire. You're actually ever in your eyes. I see everything. You're the one that I'm supposed to, 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 to do my life with. You're the one that I'm supposed to follow. I've heard about people following you, but I feel like this is for me. I feel like this is important. I feel like this is everything. And we see this as Jesus walks over to him. This man by the name of Levi. He says, follow me. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. What about the money? Right? Did you ever think about that? Tax collector receiving money? You left the money behind? Weren't you responsible for that? Hold on, hold on. Levi, tax collector. Man, good job. Great job. You left your job behind? Are you crazy? Hold on, hold on. Levi, you, you left the prestige, you know? You, you had an in with the empire. You were legit, bro. You left everything? When this guy comes up to you and says, follow me? He says, follow me. Got up, left everything. And then somebody who knows how to rejoice, Levi was this guy who knew that. He held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. His life had been changed so much by that moment with Jesus when they locked eyes and he received, you know, that forgiveness, understanding here that, man, I, I could be new again. That he says, you know what? This isn't just for me. I'm going to look at my circle and who I have influence over and who will listen to my voice and what I'm going to do, I'm going to throw one heck of a party. We'll call them connect groups. I'm going to host one heck of a, oh, that just got in there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to host one heck of a party, and I'm going to invite my crew over. For me, it's tax collectors. For you, it's your neighborhood. Maybe it's your coworkers, whatever that looks like. He says, I'm going to use my influence. I'm going to invite them over, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow something amazing to happen in their lives, too. But the Pharisees, <laughs> I love that, and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? They're so sweet. Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. People that are separated from God. I have come so that people can be reconciled. This is the crux of everything, guys. This is it. If I were to tell you one thing that you have to do, 
It's what Jesus told us to do. I know you've heard this many times, even under this roof, you know, or under our, our ministry to go and make disciples. But this is essential. Essential. Because Jesus has left the building. And you're still waiting. You're still waiting all throughout the week for him to show back up when he wants you to meet him somewhere and be on mission with him, powered by the Holy Spirit. So let's get some takeaways here today. When you follow Jesus, guys, you'll find yourself right where the people are. 17 through 18 were the verses from the context here when Jesus was teaching and the power of the Lord was there to heal. I think that's so important to hear. The power of the Lord was there to heal the sick. And some men came carrying that paralyzed man on the mat. Remember that? To take him into the house. See, when we follow Jesus, he'll lead us right to where the ministry needs to happen. Right to where the people are. How many of you can think back even over the last week, maybe two weeks, last month, where you'd be like, that was totally a God thing. That was a divine appointment. I know I don't normally say that. I know I'm really stepping out here. I said divine. But that was a divine appointment. Mind blown. Right? Because when you're following Jesus, you'll see him over there with Jeremy, and you're like, oh. (laughs) Holy Spirit sent me. Let's go. When you're following Jesus, you'll find yourself right where you need to be, right with the people that need you to speak truth, right with the people that you got to throw a party for, right to the people that you have influence over. <clears throat> Acts 16.6, perfect example. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the, the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. I've shared this with you before, but it's the understanding of this. Paul was led where to go by the Holy Spirit every single step, and he was also led where to stop whenever he was supposed to. So you're looking for Jesus in the crowd, but you got to listen to the Spirit inside. It's so important because the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the one that Jesus promised for us will not leave you nor forsake you will not leave you high and dry. That is the keeping power that is promised uh, to us, his Holy Spirit. Perfect example. He'll lead you right to where the people are. And as you follow Jesus, the second thing, guys, if you're taking notes, you'll see that in there. As you follow Jesus, you'll find yourself where the need is the greatest. Yeah, you'll find yourself where the people are, but also when we talked about this miraculous, most amazing thing ever happening, sins being forgiven. That is a miracle. It's one thing to pray for healing for something. Guys, I've heard of the most wretched, terrible, most amazing, phenomenal people everywhere in between being healed. But we often don't see someone really visibly experience forgiveness. And only he can do that. Sometimes we see it. We see as they carry, you know, the the, the attitude that I'm so gracious. I mean, so grateful that he was so gracious. I'm so overwhelmed by this forgiveness. Sometimes we see that, but this is the greatest miracle that we have to bring to people's lives. See, the friends were fighting for the healing of their paralyzed friend. The religious leaders, see, they were fighting for the control of the religious traditions. You know, they worked hard after 400 years of silence to maintain this religion. 
And Jesus comes messing it up. But we see the needs of healing, right? And we see the need of, of the preservation of tradition. But Jesus sees the need of salvation more than anything else. Do we see forgiveness as a greater need in those around us? Or do we see just the physical first? Jesus sees forgiveness. As we follow Jesus under the direction of the Holy Spirit, we will help people experience forgiveness and even more healing as well. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at that very name, that name, every knee should bow in heaven and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm, I'm, I'm sobered by this understanding that every single person will have to stand before Jesus. What if I stood with them at some point before and I did not share about forgiveness, salvation? That's scary. Every single person will stand and give an account. And so will we. What we did, or more importantly, what we did not do. That's the greatest need, salvation. The third thing, to truly follow Jesus. To truly, to truly follow him. To really look like someone who has fallen him. To be like someone who has fallen him. You're willing to leave everything to have the very best thing. Luke 5, 27 through 28. We see this Levi steps up out of his tax booth. And he says, to Jesus, yes, I will follow. I'll, lead, I'll leave everything I have, everything I possess to follow you because you are the best thing that has ever come into my life. Jesus, you are the greatest. You think about this because you may, you may have heard his name as, as Levi, but this is also Matthew. Matthew, one of the disciples. See, because Jesus looking in his eyes, he saw Matthew, the man that he would be and the, the, the benefits he would bring to the kingdom and the, 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 the opportunities that he would create for people down the road. I mean, he saw the potential of this guy sitting here in this tax booth and says, you are going to do amazing things with me, with us, but beyond me and beyond us. There's something special about you. You're going to lead many people. You're going to, you're going to really just guide people. You're going to speak truth. You're going, to, you're going to make things clear. You're going to keep things organized. You know, that was his gifting. You're going to make things matter beyond this day. And Matthew said, you know, I'll leave everything because you're giving me the very thing that's most important. And we see that in Matthew 4, 18 through 22. It's, it's this as they were fishing. We've heard this many times before. And Jesus says to these fishermen, follow me and I will make you Fishers of men, let's focus on I will make you. For Matthew, you were a tax collector named Levi, but I'm going to make you a disciple. And also when, when you become a disciple of me, I'm also making you what's called an apostle, which means you are a messenger sent on a mission. I am going to make you what you are supposed to be when you follow me. When you leave, right, something, you really get everything you've ever needed and wanted when you're following Jesus. Fourth thing, to keep following Jesus, you've got to remember who you are. I say this a lot 
This comes up in sermons as a point and an observation, but I think this is just a human metric that we all struggle with here, understanding our identity. Luke 5, 29 through 30. Then Levi, we know him also as Matthew, held that great banquet. Remember that? That big old party where his connect group could come and meet and hear about Jesus and the home? Sign up today. But we hear about this amazing party where all the tax collectors came around because that was his sphere of influence. And then we hear about the naysayers, the Debbie Downers. Every party needs a pooper, right? Every, that's why we invited them, party poopers, right? That's what the Pharisees did. Boom, put a damper. Thank you for your wet blanket. You can leave now, okay? But so often in life, as, as, as we are changed by Jesus, we have people come in and say, why do you eat with, and drink with tax collectors? Do, do you know who these people are? So we see Jesus being questioned, but we see Matthew still identified as a tax collector and a sinner. But in his heart and in his mind, he has been changed. He comes over here with Jesus. And he's like, nah, you know what? I see what y'all see. I, get, I know what you're trying to do here. But I know who I am. I know what Jesus did in my life. I know that I have been forgiven. I know what I left to pursue the relationship with, with this person right here that will change and has changed the world. You can't tell me who I am because I know who I am. I'm going to listen to him. I'm not going to listen to you. Are you with me? Matthew four eighteen through 22. Again, we come back, but we come back in a different translation. He says, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Again, I will make you who you're supposed to be. So don't listen when people come up as a naysayer. Last thing is this, guys. Worship team, if you guys wouldn't mind to make your way up this morning. To help others follow Jesus. We see a change here now. To help others, right? Follow Jesus. You've got to remember what Jesus did. We talk about that with the joy of our salvation a lot. We talk about that around Easter a lot, what Jesus did. We talk about that maybe sometimes in conversation with other believers, like, man, Jesus did a miraculous work in my life. But you've got to remember what he did. He said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance we got to realize that the first thing he did was show up. Years of silence. How many of you feel like you've been in silent? You don't have to raise your hand, but you've been in silent times with God. And you're like, I know conceptually, Jesus, that you did an amazing thing, but it doesn't make sense in my heart right now. I feel lost with this. I don't know. See, we got to remember what Jesus did, that he came for sinners and those that were lost without him. Luke 5, 30 through 32. See that he came for the sinners. He came for the tax collectors. He came for those that did not have a place with him. So my question for you today. Since Jesus has left the building. Shouldn't you leave too? What does that mean? Do we always just leave the God work up to the church? Meaning those in leadership and those communicating and those worshiping. 
See, today some folks were forced to worship in their home. Forced. They would rather be here. How often do we worship in our homes? You know, today folks were forced to hear the word via video. But how often do we fill ourselves with the word outside of here? See, we've got to be willing to leave the building. We've got to be willing to walk out with Jesus where he's going. And my question for you today, I asked you earlier to pull out your phone. I'm going to challenge you with something today. Can you pull out your phone one more time? And I want you to go, and it might even be in your text conversations already. But what I want you to do is I want you to look through there, pray through there. And I, and I, I want you to text or, or, or put the name in your notes or whatever, because you might be a call person. Call the one person, text the one person today, today, maybe even now, that you feel like the Holy Spirit has challenged you to go to, that you see Jesus standing with. So often we're like, man, that was great. Man, I was challenged by Jesus today. I was challenged to go make disciples. But you know what? I'll still bring them to Justin. That's good. However, every single one of us has someone that we can influence for the kingdom. And maybe, listen, maybe that's one of your parents. Or maybe, parents, it's one of your children that you haven't really pushed in the right direction. Or maybe you've pushed too hard in the wrong direction. Or maybe it's a friend that has been telling you time and time again, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that. What do I do? What do I do? And you're like, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you, bro. No, when's the last time that you prayed for them? Let's pray now kind of thing. How many of you have already texted somebody? Okay. How many of you have somebody in mind? Do you, do you have it written down? Or did you? Because this is what I want to challenge us to. Before you leave today. See, last week we wrote down someone that has ruined authority, if you will, or has taken advantage or has hurt us. But this week, we are going to proactively be people of authority with the Spirit of God living in us, with Jesus leading us to places that we don't feel comfortable with sometimes, that we don't necessarily want to go to. Don't put yourself in harm's way either. <laughs> to share the miracle of salvation and forgiveness. If our church is about anything moving forward, it has to be about people coming to the place and realization that Jesus died for them. Not conceptually, not historically, but something that will transform them completely. The song we're going to sing, it's pretty funny because Matt didn't know the scriptures, is with everything. And it's the challenge for you guys. It may take everything in the world just to text that person or call that person. It may take everything in you. But I want to challenge you, as I even I did this past week, to step up, to not be afraid. What do you have to lose? But what do they have to lose if they don't know Jesus? You may be the only person that ever 
shares Jesus with them. Let that sink in. This thing isn't a consumer sport. I got mine, now I'm good. No. Christianity is something that we are always working at and wanting many to follow with us. You have received good news, now we have to go and be good news. Hands and feet of Christ. Stand with me this morning. We've challenged you earlier on your relationship with the Lord to maybe for the first time or, or, or to, to realign your faith with Him and, and give Him control of your life. But today, we're going to be like Matthew. We're going to put it in our hearts and minds to throw a humongous party in whatever our circle looks like. And we will influence these folks for the good. You may say to yourself, but Justin, you don't know how I've influenced them already. I'll say, but church, I totally get it. Try being like the party guy your whole college career, I mean high school career, and then halfway through your senior year, you're a preacher. What just happened? I get it. But I didn't stop. Screwed up a lot, but I didn't stop. So today, your challenge is to go. Follow Jesus. He might lead you somewhere crazy, crazy, really exciting. Oh, I don't know, um, like the hospital where you work. He might lead you somewhere amazingly crazy, like Croghetto. Or maybe, if you're lucky, Krogucci. <laughs> he might lead you somewhere crazy, like Panera. Oh. And maybe you can have like an Asian cuisine there, like a Thai salad and feel like you're in a foreign country. Meaning this, look right around you guys. It costs you absolutely nothing to be an evangelist wherever you're at. He's leading you somewhere crazy like your next step. This will change the church. I mean, imagine if every single one of you ministered to someone this week and you brought them back with you. I wasn't planning that. Wasn't planning that in the growth, the growth strategy. See what I'm saying? This is the most important thing. You do the work of the ministry. Be an evangelist. Everybody can tell somebody. Just share your story and what he did for you, okay? So as we sing together and you really give him everything in this, if you have not nailed down one person that you are going to really go after, and that's not running up to him with your Bible and hitting him on the head, that's not hitting him with the word, that's losing friends, okay? That you will do relationship with, that you will earn the right to be heard, and that you will share about the forgiveness that Jesus has for them, okay? That's the goal. And, and when you're ready, give everything. Leave everything to receive the one thing that's more important than anything else. Jesus and his walk, his desires, his destiny. Okay? And if you like prayer, we will be right here and would love to agree with you on anything. Okay, guys?